Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. President Franklin Roosevelt, I guess, must have had a small sense of humor. And it was known that he despised those long receiving lines. It was just something he had to endure time and time again during his time at the White House. And he complained that no one really ever listens anyways. And so one time, he tried a little experiment. As the people were parading past him, he gave them a polite smile and nod, a casual handshake, and mumbled, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And time after time, he kept doing this, and the response was, Marvelous! Oh, that's great! God bless you, sir. Keep up the good work. Although near the end of the line, someone actually listened to him and leaned in and said, I'm sure she had it coming. (laughs) It's true if you believe what you find on the internet, right? Maybe, maybe not. Probably. Either way, are you listening to Jesus like that? Give him a casual handshake a polite nod, something comes out of your mouth, but you weren't really listening at all to what he just said because then you would have responded differently. Our goal, not just for today, but all of our lives and into eternity. The secret to a happy one depends on our ability to listen to Jesus, not just casually with lip service, but swallowing everything he says and moving forward with that in the center of our hearts, not just a little bite on the side. And so today, as we see Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, we ask him to help us do exactly that. The very first words of the sermon verses, Luke 9, verse 28, say, about eight days after Jesus said this. And you might be wondering, well, what's the this? What did he say eight days before this transfiguration day. Jesus was with his disciples, all 12 of them, and as they were walking through a town that had lots of idols everywhere, he asked them, who do people say I am? And Peter responded boldly, confidently, and correctly. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus went on to tell them what that meant, that he was the Christ. It meant he was going to be betrayed. He was going to suffer. He was going to be killed at the hands of evil men, and then he was going to rise from the dead. Jesus was saying all of that about what was coming up for the Christ But Peter listened to him about as well as most of the people in FDR's receiving line. And he pulled Jesus to the side and had the guts to say, No, Lord, that's not going to happen to you. You're not going to suffer and die. 
Then Jesus looked Peter right between the eyes and said, Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but only human concerns. That was the this. So eight days after that conversation happened, Jesus was talking about his suffering, death, and resurrection again, but with some others on board. Let's reread the verses from Luke chapter 9. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, James, and John with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. What would it be like to stare at lightning, not just for a split second in the sky, but for 30 seconds in a row, or even a few minutes in a row? Well, that's what the disciples had as they were sleepy and then woke up to this astonishingly bright sight. Jesus' face transfigured. It was like lightning. And His clothes were so bright, they're described as though a star was coming out of them. Something starry. And the disciples were wide-eyed as they stared at this. And it wasn't just Jesus like that. It was also Moses and Elijah. And notice what they were talking about. They appeared in glorious splendor, verse 31 says, and they spoke about His departure. Another conversation about His suffering and His death and His resurrection. That Jesus was going to have His body depart His soul in death. And then He was going to have His resurrected body depart the tomb. And ultimately... His resurrected body was going to leave this sad earth in the dust and ascend into heavenly glory. Moses, Elijah, and Jesus were talking about his departure, and Moses and Elijah did not pull Jesus to the side and say, no, no, Lord, that's not going to happen to you, like Peter did. They were telling him things like, there is joy in the cross. Yeah, we might really rather just stay up here in this beautiful secluded mountain looking like brilliance and not ever have to go to the cross. But there's joy in that cross. There's joy there because you are going to be the substitute for the sin of the world. And anyone and everyone who believes in you as Savior will also look like we are right now. Glorious splendor, dazzling brightness in heaven for eternity. So Jesus, keep that last mountain in mind as you go from this mountain to the one where your clothes are going to be ripped off your back. You're going to be beaten to a bloody pulp, tortured and killed. There's joy through that. They were talking about his departure. Now, you know how some people, if they are shocked by something new, 
they just kind of measure things and see how it's going before they say one word at all. In fact, I think most of us are probably like that. Well, Peter seems to be the opposite. And he not only doesn't keep quiet, he, he says more than he maybe would have otherwise. And we begin with verse 32 to read what happened. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and two men standing with him. How, how about that for a way to wake up? Seeing three guys in lightning clothes. Wow. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, uh, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters for you. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. He was talking without knowledge instead of listening. While he was speaking, their fears were intensified because a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my Son, whom I have chosen. Listen to Him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. There the disciples were in the presence not just of, of glorified Jesus and Moses and Elijah, but also God the Father. And he spoke and said, This is my son. Not that one, not that one, not someone else over there. This one. Listen to him. Don't just pass by and give him a casual handshake. Don't just pass by and think you know more than he knows. Don't just nod and smile like you're good friends when deep down you really don't care and just want to get through the line. Listen to him. Sounds so easy. And yet, it is so difficult. Because good listening really is like listening to a radio. You can only listen to one thing at a time or else you're really not listening to much of anything at all. Because, for example, if you had 92.9 country on the radio as well as 106.9 classic rock on the radio, what would you be listening to if both were going full blast? Would you be listening to country? Would you be listening to classic rock? Or would you just be listening to yourself shouting, turn it all off, I can't hear a thing? You know which one it is. And that's why when God tells us to listen to Jesus, we need to shut out the rest of the noise and just listen to him, even though that is oh so difficult to do. Because in our world, there are so many voices clamoring and screeching for our attention. The lie, you can have it all, is built into our sinful nature the world pushes it out as though it were true. Satan fuels the fire, and as soon as we walk out of these doors, life is a frenetic, frenzied pace. And you can have it all is hitting us from all directions. And we start to think, if I work harder and move faster and grab this and that 
and make sure I keep track of the others to make sure I have more than them at least a little bit, then you can have it all and, and we'll worry about Jesus later. But that's a lie, isn't it? Because later never comes. You can never have it all. What about the challenge that happens when we stare at our crosses? There's political problems. There's relationship problems. There's health problems. There's problems that come because we didn't get our way and we can't get over it. All these things are crosses. And Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. Anything that comes up is a way for you to glorify me through it. Just as I am glorifying my Heavenly Father through my cross. But that whiny me first part of us gets the best of the mind and says, you know, I really don't want to carry this cross. I'd rather have it carried for me. What about when we listen to our own guilty conscience? And Jesus tells us there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That includes you. And yet we insist as though our feelings are in charge of Judgment Day instead of Jesus. And our guilt is going to stand firm in the heavens instead of Him. And we stay stuck in that guilt. What are you listening to? If you're listening to worldly lies or your own whiny sinful self or anything else, especially from your guilty conscience, you will not be able to listen to Jesus very well at all. And yet, as we see Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, just eight days after Peter didn't listen to him at all. And weeks before, no one would really listen to him very well either. He still went from the Mount of Transfiguration to the Mount of Calvary to the Mount of Heavenly Glory, didn't he? No one could stop him. Nothing could throw him off course. Because Jesus came for sinners. People like us. People who listen to the wrong thing. People who tune Jesus out. Jesus came for people just like us. And He paid for our sin in full. He died in our place. He rose in victory. He ascended to heavenly glory. And one day He will come back and take us to be with Him that we also might be in heavenly glory with dazzling faces and clothes brighter than anyone could bleach them as though starry stuff is coming out. That's us because of Christ and His finished work. And that changes everything, doesn't it, when we listen to Him. As we are listening to Him with the problems that come up. And we listen to him say, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me, I'm leading you to heaven. We're able to do that. Play the cards that were dealt with his strength and his help. He gives us enough strength to equal our days. If he gives us life on this earth, he's going to give us strength to make it through. 
when we have our guilty conscience roaring and it's competing with Jesus' radio station. He tells us there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we listen to him and drop our sins at his cross and walk away with freedom. Letting the King of Kings be in charge. Because he is, whether we feel like it or not. And when Jesus is knowing that we are pulled in many directions and distracted by all kinds of things, believing that terrible lie, you can have it all. He tells us, do not love the world or anything in the world. Anyone who does so, the love of the Father is not in him. Jesus gives us the strength to listen to him and to say, what is this world to me? My Savior gives me something far better. Listen to the Jesus radio station. Tune the rest of the others out. When you hear his word, as you open the scriptures, listen to the simple, plain, and clear meaning. Don't be like the receiving line with FDR and just smile and nod and keep moving. Swallow what he says. Drink in his truth. And enjoy dreaming about the heavenly glory that one day is sure to come for you. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.